B-Side Conversations. These conversations take place at the end of our sermon series and aim to encourage deeper discussion with our pastors. God can definitely speak truth in a moment on Sunday mornings or Wednesday nights, but oftentimes God speaks truth through community and honest, organic conversations. We hope and pray that these podcasts could be a unique way that questions and tensions could be discussed and resolved through the power of the Holy Spirit. Thank you for listening and love you, family. Well, hey, uh, good morning or afternoon or evening, family, whenever you're uh, watching this. Uh, I'm really excited uh, to uh, be here with Jeremy and Bert uh, to talk about uh, callings. Um, so this is going to be called B-Side Conversations. And uh, you know, everyone's probably asking, uh, why, why would we call it that? Um, you know, so Bert, back in my day, records had an A-side and a B-side to them. And so music would be on both sides of the record. And, um, you know, maybe like more of the hits that the band or, you know, what a record company um, thought was going to kind of be like the song that went on the radio would be on the A-side, but on the B-side would maybe be some kind of more creative or some things that maybe an artist loved that wanted to put out there, but the record label didn't kind of think was going to be on the top three of sorts. And and as I was kind of thinking about what these conversations could mean, will mean, I, I, I was kind of brought a little bit to my own discipleship journey of like for every you know big lightning bolt moment in worship where I felt the Lord like call me to something specific or tell me something specific. You there's did, you just did the Saul thing there. There's, did you see that? Oh yeah. yes. Yeah. Reference to running with series. Um uh I you know there was like four or five conversations with you know with my parents or with youth pastors or something like that that like kind of formed my discipleship. Um not any more or less than those lightning bolt moments because those big moments in my life obviously kind of changed in a 180 way, but, um, but I think as, um, you know, Jeremy and I were talking, and as I've been talking to other people, I think there is something really special that we can do in bringing, as we wrap up these sermon series that, you know, we work really hard to put together well, I think there's these opportunities for these kind of, uh, a B-side of discipleship where it's like, yes, come to Sunday morning worship, yes, come to these big events that we pour, you know, money and planning and time into, but, um, but the Lord might kind of spark something in your heart and let's, let's talk about it and stuff. So, um, so the sermon series that we're going to be talking about, it was obviously called Callings. And, you know, I know both of you guys remember every single thing that you preach about every week. But just a reminder, um, uh, this started with World Communion Sunday. And then we talked about the calling stories of Esther, Jonah, David, and then Saul, who became Paul, and in, in the vine, Stacy actually really kind of wrote that into Saul and Ananias being kind of called at the same time, but in very different ways. So, um, Bert, you were the one that kind of designed this series. So, um, tell us about it. Tell us about it. So, um, A side, B side, do you, when we talk about turning the vinyl, do you know what that means? I, I, I mean, it's literally like turning the vinyl. Very good, okay, very good. Cool. I just want to make sure that I'm with you in your cultural references. So, yeah, we actually started this series um, with the calling of the disciples. And what we do as a clergy team is we get together and we say, what's, look, what's going on in the life of the, what's going on in the world, right? Where are we as a church? Where do we feel God leading us? What's the rhythms of, whether it be the church calendar and seasons of Lent or Easter, and this is a fall season, and... Um, I mean, it was pressed into my heart from the very beginning. You know, how much of our life is defined by waiting for the call, right? So um, it probably goes all the way back to waiting for the call, 
last December um, when we couldn't do any of the Christmas Eve stuff because I got COVID, right? And so our daughter was having our first grandchild. And so every time there was a phone call, you know, it, we, you would get all apprehensive. There, we, we were expecting the call. And that, that, that kind of expectancy just never really left me. And I've always felt that um, people sometimes think about God only calls people to ministry, that there's only these events like, oh, I don't, God didn't call me to anything because I'm not an ordained minister or I'm not on church staff. Um, and I thought, you know, that's, that's really something I want to address. I really want to look at what's the biblical witness. And there really, I think I really wanted to put about 14 or 15 sermons in here, but we try to limit the series um, because you could even start in Genesis. The whole, the whole journey begins with God calling for Adam and Eve, where are you? So I could create a whole like callings verse or chapter two, if you would, or part two. But we launched the series talking about the call of the disciples. And what's fascinating is that Jesus is along the Sea of Galilee and he calls them by name specifically. And then we came in behind that with Esther, which is, which is a whole different way because God doesn't call Esther by name. God's name isn't even mentioned in the book of Esther. And yet Mordecai works within the community, and it's Esther who discerns God's call from Mordecai's words. And then just sort of tease that out as we went on with Jonah when you're reluctant to the call. When you know, yeah, you, you know exactly what you're called to do, and you're going the other way. You, that's, that's Jonah, right? Uh, Clint did a great job. He preached in the sanctuary that week about reminding everybody it's not about the whale, right? Uh, we talked about um, also David, um, the, the, the nature of David's call and how that, that came in seasons. You know, he's, he's anointed king of Israel, and he's the youngest in the family. And, but it takes a whole, a whole 15, 20 years for this season to come to fruition and how, how he goes back to keeping the sheep at the very beginning and God's working in his life. Maybe that's what some of our lives are like. We hear this call. It's been planted in our hearts, but we're in this season waiting for it to come to fruition. And of course, yeah, we wrapped up with with looking at uh, Saul and his, his blinding moment. And everybody looks at that passage and says, oh, this call story, that's, that's, about, that's about Saul, right? It's, uh, it's about Ananias. Right? It's, it's about that, that lesser character that God uses in a mighty way. So um, that's kind of what my heart was just trying to, what, what stories of God's calling could, um, could represent our experiences of when we feel God calling? And the crude way I like to put it is, how do we discern the difference between inspiration of the Holy Spirit and indigestion, mm-hmm. right? But there's some clear ways we can. We learn that in Scripture. Yeah, I think something. I think something you preached the David sermon in the vine. I think, and something that you said that really resonated with me. That I think like really resonated in like small groups and like conversations I had afterwards was about how almost always after like a big like call or a big anointing, there's almost always a season of like preparation before that call is fulfilled. And I, I'm, I don't know. I don't know if you want to speak more like to that specifically, but that I was mean, like, that was like huge. You, you can go everywhere from looking to Moses, to the prophets. Uh, you can even take Jesus life in the sense that there is a season of preparation from the moment he is baptized by John the Baptist. And then it says immediately the spirit, the word is drove him into the wilderness. You know, there's this, there's almost always a season of preparation. But in our culture of remote controls, people think there's this immediacy that it happens 
I hear the call, I do the task, or it's just there. But I, I just, I think God's more involved in the grittiness, you know, the messiness of, of the ordinariness of life. And too often we miss the sacred that exists in the simple, the holy that exists in the ordinary as we wrestle with that call. And you can go back to, gosh, I mean, now we go down a whole other path, right? I mean, the wrestling, right? Jacob wrestled with God. You know, and I think we're always in that place of wrestling, even when we have questions. Even when people say, I don't even think God called me. I say, yeah, he is. That's the wrestling that you're doing. Yeah. So just, just trying to interject that the experience that people have with God doesn't happen when you're sitting in a pew or in a chair in worship. It should, in the words of the old hymn, worship should help tune your heart to sing God's praise mm -hmm. so that when you leave the place, it's, you're better able to discern what God's voice sounds like in the noise of the world. Yeah, it was really, the, that time that you, you preached in the vine during this series was really cool because like, uh, I had kind of empowered like my co-worship leader that morning to like pick the closing song and she picked, um, to my heart to sing thy praise, uh, mm. come thou fount. Come thou fount and of like, That's something that I never would have like really picked. And yep. then I remember like she pulled that out first service and then second service, it was like we were tuning everything. <laughs> yep. Everything was getting tuned. Yep. So uh, I Jeremy, I just want to throw it to you. I mean, talk, talk about, you didn't design it, but talk about kind of your point of view as you were kind of preaching through this series. Yeah, I think Bert's kind of point of, you know, we look at the congregation and we say, what is it that we're seeing um, that we feel like the Lord wants to speak into. And I think really just speaking into this idea that the Lord has called each and every single person sitting in the pew to be a kingdom builder, that this um, work of ministry is not just if you collect a paycheck at the church, uh, but the work of the ministry of God is for every person who identifies as a Christian. And so I think one of the things we really want people to know is Here's kind of some different stories of people who were called by God, and yet vastly different backgrounds, vastly dis different circumstances, and different ways that God interacted with different people. Yet the constant theme was the Lord uh, <clears throat> selected and picked them for service wherever they were at. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I guess we can, we can kind of keep going in that same vein. Um, so... Probably the biggest maybe question, and this this is kind of two questions wrapped up in one, I guess, but like is, I guess the question is, how do I discern a calling? You know, like sitting in there and maybe, you know, uh, you drive down and you work in, in an oil company in Houston and you feel like it's like Monday through Friday, I kind of do the same thing. Saturday, I try to recoup and then I go to church and, you know, whether I'm uh, chasing kids or doing something like that, like, where, like I guess the one of the words I wrote down was, was talk about like, what is, what are the origins of like a calling of sorts for somebody that, you know, like you touched on that might not be like, be a worship leader, be a pastor. It's like, if, if kind of aren't feeling that talk about how, how do, how does God call in like maybe some concrete examples in like today's context? I so I, I, I think I'd back it up and say, um, while we, while we have this about calling, if we really drill down and get and get a little more granular, we really are talking about discerning the hearing, mm -hmm. right? So, so yeah, I exactly. go back to the garden, and I go back to the garden because 
there are two calls that happen in the garden of creation. And regardless of how one reads Genesis across the spectrum, the two trajectories are the evil one, Satan, Lucifer, if you like Dana Carey, Satan. So that's from Saturday Night Live. I don't know if you know what that is. It was a popular show. What's that? Uh, Go look at the History Channel. You'll see it. Is that on vinyl? Yeah, is Is that that on vinyl? (laughs) Yeah, it's on 8-track, brother. It's on 8-track. But the devil comes and the call is to place doubt. The call from God that comes in the afternoon as he's walking through the garden in the cool of the evening is a call for connection. Adam, Eve, where are you? So in our hearing, um, I think that part of the challenge is, are we hearing what our need is for self-fulfillment? That tends to be about meeting our own needs only. Um, A calling from God, a hearing of that tends to be along the lines of the Pauline theology of being in the same mind as Christ Jesus right out of Philippians chapter 2, who considered equality God not something to be grasped, but he humbled himself in the form of a servant. So most every calling, I would say every calling that you read of in Scripture, it's, 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 um, there's that hymn, um, Here I Am, Lord. Uh, last week we sang it in here, and I actually had the, the crew upstairs change the word, um, it says, uh, I will go, Lord, if you lead me. And, and I would rarely say we should change words and hymns, but this is one I think we ought to change. It's never about God leading. It's about my being willing to follow. Mm-hmm. And so I had them change the word if to where. Mm-hmm. So it's about the hearing of the where. But there's some basic tenets to it. Um, the first is when you look at the biblical aspects of what we looked at, when you go everything from hearing The clarion call, the critical, the clear call, sometimes it's just like James and John and Peter. Christ called you by name. And there are those moments that are absolute clarity. Other moments, it's the voice of God when someone's speaking to you in conversation. Other moments, you put so much energy in, you know what God wants. So we actually, I actually sort of distill this down. I think these would be sort of, what does that look like? If you listen back to the series, these are how people heard, and here's how people responded. Um, so I think there's an otherness in the call. Um, but I also want to say real clearly that um, I think a lot of times what we forget to celebrate is, and I don't, I don't think we, I think I failed in this series because I really want, I should have, as I look back on it, I think God is using people and calling people in their vocations in the world. Mm-hmm. And I don't think I did a good enough job in this outline to really show the clarity of how you can be called by God and that still means you're doing your vocational work. But how does that get discerned? Well, I still think those dynamics are at play, but understanding um, when, when I finished the sermon after Saul, I told people, hey, you know, um, some people hear that, some people don't. Some people's like Ananias. Sometimes it's real clear. Uh, and the number of people who said, you know, I've never had that moment was balanced by the number of people who said, I'd love to come tell you how I heard God call. Mm-hmm. And, and that's cool when you can sit with people and say, 15 years ago or 20-some years ago, this was happening. And they talk about how I just knew. Mm-hmm. Occasionally, I would hear something, but I knew. So, yeah. that's um, th- that's what I would say. It's just it's a matter of being in community and hearing and discerning.
together. Yeah, I remember I remember one of the planning meetings when we were kind of like finalizing the callings kind of idea. I think we were just talking about the name. I think it was mainly about like the, what was the name of the thing going to be. And I, I remember you bringing up, or kind of us bringing up, um, calling people like from from their vocation. And, and I remember like these examples that you brought. I mean, Esther was not called to be a pastor, was not called to be a priest, you know. Um, I mean, David was a man after God's own heart, but I mean, he's a king with legitimate leadership and, um, you know, king of that he, kind he of He was eventually king. Yeah. He was eventually Good king. Good point. Right? But, um, but when he was called, he was the ruddy little youngest brother, yeah. despised by his older brothers, taking care of the sheep. Yeah. But bo- both, I mean, both uh, Jonah and then Saul um, at the time were, were zealous prophets and priests that God had to seriously turn around their hearts. You know, so it's even people in church leadership vocations, I mean, can always be calling people to a different, you know, kind of a 180 um, from both of those stories. I mean, Jeremy, I just want to throw that the idea of origins of a call to use as well to, um, you know, just speak into thinking about our, our context and our people in Kingwood. Yeah, you know. I always like the idea... Um, just like in my own life, how do I know if Jesus is speaking to me or not? Um, is that Jesus tends to not shut up, and things that are just me tend to quiet down. Not to say Jesus is obnoxious, but uh, the Lord tends to, if he wants us and calls us to do something, uh, he tends to call us over and over and over again. Yeah. Because um, even in the idea of callings, the implication behind being called means that Jesus is somewhere over there and he's calling us to go and join him. And so I think even in just the idea of being called by the Lord, it means that Jesus is inviting us. And so that invitation from the Lord will keep coming no matter what. And even if, you know, like doing vocational work in the oil field or natural gas or, you know, whatever kind of career you find yourself in, is just inviting Jesus into that space and say, Lord, how do you want to use my vocation for your glory, for your yeah. kingdom? I think I mentioned in one of my sermons, I can't remember which, uh, this quote from R.C. Letourneau, where he said that uh, he founded Letourneau University. He was a really famous businessman, had thousands of patents. And he said um, his pastor told him that God needs businessmen too. And how he looked at how can I not just be a businessman who makes money, but how can I bring kingdom values into my business to be a light in the world? And so even just looking at whatever vocation you have, whatever thing it is that you do uh, for most of your time that's not in church, I guess, how can I use that for God's glory? And I think just inviting Jesus into that space or even Mm -hmm. saying like, hey, Lord, uh, you're already here. Where are you? Like, where are you calling me? Where are you inviting me deeper? I want to follow after you. Because um, one of the key things is with callings that I feel like I hit on over and over again is that every one of us has a call in our life. Uh, not every one of us is obedient to that call in our life. Um, especially with Jonah, you see, even you can even be a prophet of God and disobey God's call on your life. And so even asking, Lord, where, where have I missed your calling? Where have I uh, been disobedient to your calling? And how can I go and turn in obedience back to you? Because the Lord's so gracious to us. Yeah, that's so good. I, I feel like even using Jonah as like uh, just kind of a poster child of like, God won't stop calling if it's from God. I mean, mm-hmm. God sent a fish to swallow Jonah. That's mm-hmm. pretty strong. Um, 
Yeah, this is good. Um, I mean, you know, I want to make sure whenever, wherever you're watching this that we are, you know, uh, good stewards of everybody's time. So I guess as we kind of bring this to a close, um, you know, a big part of, of these talks, of these, you know, whenever we get to do these things is like, I think definitely as a church staff member, I feel this, and I'm sure maybe our church feels this too, is like, it's just the the drudge and the churn of sermon series after sermon series, you know, and something that I wanted to talk about was like, what do we not want to leave behind? You know, like eventually we, you know, the there's just truth, universal truth in the Bible in every sermon series that we talk about. And obviously callings is no different. But what is, you know, Bert, what is something like, uh, as a congregation member, you're like, hey, six months from now, I want, I want you to really remember this from the calling series. I think it's that God doesn't wait for you to be equipped to call you. Mm. That God does call the equipped people, and God also equips the people that he calls. Um, but if there's a call, then there's going to have to be something to answer the call. You're probably going to have to do something different. And that's, that's the most important thing, that if we don't look to a transcendent truth, which we call the transformational love of Christ, the work of the Holy Spirit, the moving on in the Wesleyan heritage to perfection, that something looks different as we commit our lives to Christ. There is an exhilarating joy, even amidst the unknown, when you simply surrender that life to where you hear God calling. So it doesn't, don't wait to get it all together. God's going to call you where you are. Yeah, that's really good. Jer Jeremy? I think for me the main thing, because I think what I hear most from people is I don't know what my call is. And even just thinking back to my undergrad days, I mean, I had the blessing of knowing what I was called to do when I was 16. And even in going through seminary, recognizing that that was abnormal. Um, and so one thing that I've just learned and seen is that God does have a call on your life, mm. that the Lord does have, uh, what the scripture says that, uh, to do the good works that God has prepared for us ahead of time. In mm. other words, that God has thought of you, set out good works for you, for you to do, that there is a ministry that God has called you to do. And so even if you don't know exactly what your calling is now, to put faith in the promises of Scripture that God does have a call for you. But even in the meantime, how can I be uh, a disciple of the Lord? Or even just asking, Lord, how are you preparing me right now in unseen ways that I have no idea for what you're going to have me do? So just, just this idea of holding on to that hope of I'm called by the Lord to do something, even if you don't know what it is yet. I would say you know, you, I'd flip the scales here and turn you into the one to answer this question. Uh, it's not only us who, who are able to example, give examples for that. B-side conversations. How did you get that call from God? Well, you know, I think some of it had been previous, you know, podcasting endeavors uh, previously. Uh, you know, with the 515 podcast was kind of the brand of sorts. But, you know, um, I think for what a lot of times people watching don't realize is that we get to have these conversations all the time every day <laughs> you know i mean it's like it can turn into um you know uh hey bert are we still doing that meeting tomorrow turns into this you know and and uh and so you know i think there 
I think there's a, a temptation, especially just because Sunday mornings, you know, are so, so tight and so jam packed with, with content and with announcements and worship and events and things like that, that, um, that I think these things are really important, you know, and it's really important to, um, that God has, God has answers, <laughs> you know, that like God doesn't, God doesn't just want us to, uh, to sit in the, in the pews or sit in the chairs and, and, you know, we, you know, lead worship or, or preach these things and just kind of walk away and be like, okay, I mean, I don't really get that, but that's cool. You know, I mean, there's definitely some marinating of God's word that needs to happen um, every Sunday. You know, we're not going to necessarily walk out every every day and, and have a bite-sized so, thing. So isn't it fascinating know? that in your description of all this, and I think about our conversation, you had a moment like Saul, because you had these sort of light and bolt kind of moments. Something stuck out about you, a particular sermon, particular worship. Something's been marinating in what you've been doing, like David, who was called for years. And so God has used your experience, your hunger, in, in so many ways. And just, you know, just where you have been placed. I mean, I wouldn't put you in a beauty contest like Esther, but hey, you're here, all right? Um, but if you look at just your sharing, your life represents a lot of these things. And so what, here's my biggest hope, that people will see that God calls everybody. And if we just pause and have a community of conversation, we can see that there's a lot more we have in common with the people of the scriptures, with the God who calls us all, than we may think we have. Um, well, I mean, on our sheet, we had closing encouragement, but I think, I think that's it. So that's it. Yeah. Uh, so, um, well, I mean, thank you so much for, uh, watching all the way to the end of, uh, B-side conversations and, um, just go knowing that you are called and that as we read scripture and as we gather as a community and as we worship that God is calling you, he does have a plan for your life and he knows your name. So love you. And, uh, we'll talk to you soon. Peace.